good morning and welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Tuesday and Thursday, uh, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Uh, we're doing a special episode today because I'm going to be busy tomorrow around this time. So I wanted to make sure we got our second episode in for the week. So excited to be among you guys on this morning and hope that I can share something that will edify your souls on today. Uh, we're going to be going into the book of Matthew as we're continuing kind of our journey through the book of Matthew. Just you know, no series entitled to it, just going through the book of Matthew. Uh, we're going to be looking at chapters 3 and 4 on today. Um, and we're also going to talk about the Cat Williams interview um, and just kind of go over some things that happened in the interview and, you know, talk about, you know, what our thoughts and feelings are regarding what uh, everything that he said and everything that was going on in that interview. And so... As always, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to uh, talk among you guys on this morning. I hope that we say something that will edify your souls on today. Again, got a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we'll jump into the book of Matthew um, as we continue our journey through that book. Um, so again, I thank you guys so much for coming in. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to drop down in that comment box below. Any questions or concerns that you may have, and we'll be more than happy to try to answer them as the show goes on. But we're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get started with our, with our, um, with our show on this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful, God, that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth on today. We ask, Lord God, that every word that is said uh, on today, that it be none of me and all of you. Lord God, we're just thankful. We're thankful that you give us this platform, we get, to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that made this all possible by dying on the cross and rising again, that we may have the ability to be able to worship you in both duty and delight. Lord God, we're asking uh, that you clear the airwaves on today. Um, knowing, you know, I got this shoddy internet um, service that, you know, we're trying to do this show through. But Lord God, we're just asking for a supernatural blessing of uh, bandwidth on today that we may be able to carry this show out and do the things you called us to do. We thank you for um, everyone who's watching, everyone who's going to watch, and ask that you just edify the souls of the believers and uh, prick the hearts of those who don't have a walk with you that they may grow to love you, bless you, and honor you in both duty and delight. And all these things will be so careful to give your name praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, again, we thank you guys so, so much for taking the time to be, um, to, to watch the show on this morning. Again, we're going to try our best to, you know, allow this, this show to get through. Because uh, I got shoddy internet, shoddy cell service, the whole nine yards. And so, you know, I don't know if it's going to get through or not. But as always, you can always go to uh, Spotify and Apple Podcast and join um, and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast there. Um, so if you're not if you're not able to see it or having a tough time seeing it here, uh, know that you can go to uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and get this good gospel message um, from there. And so again, we're thankful and we just give God all praise, glory, and honor as we're getting ready to jump into our word on this morning. Uh, we're coming out of chapters three and four on today. Um, of the book of Matthew. Um, particularly, I want us to, to, to concentrate on something that I found very interesting regarding the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so we're not going to spend as much time looking at the baptism of Jesus and him being in the wilderness, um, even though that's part of it. 
uh, but I want us to pay particular attention to the gospel of Jesus Christ um, and the gospel of the kingdom of God being preached um, and how the message never changes. Um, give me a second. Chapter 3, starting at verse 1, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So then when we go to... Chapter, um, chapter 4, verse 17, we find these words. From that time, Jesus began pre to preach, saying, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to do it again. So that way you can hear. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 17 of Matthew chapter 4. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. One more time. Chapter 3, verse number 1 says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 17 of Matthew chapter 4. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As I look out into the landscape of our as our of our preachings and teachings um, here in you know uh, America, I'm noticing that a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers and a lot of teachers are preaching and teaching texts that are contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, they're, you know, saying, you know, things based upon psychology and sociology and, you know, talking a whole lot about, you know, um, you know, wanting to, um, you know, God, you know, taking over, you know, for, um, you know, depression and anxiety, using a lot of therapy speak in their messages. We talked extensively about prosperity doctrine and how we're next in line for a miracle, next in line for a blessing, one prayer away for this, one tithe paying away from that. Um, and how we got to give our last in an attempt to try to get God to um, to like us or to love us or that sort of thing. Um, and as a result, um, our tendency is to, you know, to, to, to have God to, you know... Um, to, to we have we want God to give us things and to bless us with things and as a result we're not hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ preached like we used to um, often is the case that we find a lot of people will preach outside doctrines in an attempt to wow crowds keep the money flowing build memberships speak to the culture those sort of things now does God deal with depression and anxiety and mental health issues and relationships? Absolutely. 
Um, if anybody's going to bless us with anything, surely it is God. And so it's not to knock even God being a blesser. But far too often, our churches are becoming very one-sided when it comes to the full scope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To where the primary thing that Jesus came here to preach to us and wants us to preach to others is to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. To repent of our sins, to turn to Christ, become more like him, to become one with the kingdom, to denounce any other ruler or any other person or any other thing as the center of our universes and make Christ the center of our universe and to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling until he comes back. Far too often, I'm noticing that a lot of our preachers and a lot of our pastors are talking about other things and that in, in, in they or or they talk about one tenet of the gospel, but they're not preaching the full counsel of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as a result, people are less interested in turning away from their sins and turning away from the things that are not of Christ and turning away from things that are not like him and instead falling headlong into the same things that God's trying to deliver us from. And so instead of chasing dollars without Christ, we're chasing dollars with Christ. Instead of, you know, trying to beat depression without Christ, you know, we're just now de defeating depression with Christ. And that becomes our lifelong mission is to chase money or to defeat, you know, depression or to get in a relationship or to, you know, uh, to not allow our haters to keep us down and bound. And as a result of that, what's getting lost in a lot of our a lot of our preachings and a lot of our teachings from a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers today especially in the mainstream is the gospel of Jesus Christ that says repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand so if we notice the pattern that Christ is showing us in those days going back to uh, Matthew chapter 1 I mean Matthew chapter 3 verse number 1 in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, quote, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. After John the Baptist baptizes Jesus and the spirit of the Lord descends like a dove and God tells everyone, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. He goes into the wilderness. Jesus being led by the spirit for 40 days to be tempted of the devil goes through the three major temptations that the devil takes him to takes him through afterwards in verse 17 of Matthew chapter four, we find the words from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What am I saying? The gospel of Jesus Christ has never changed. Our message has never changed. If we are the believers in God and we are the ones who God has called us into his kingdom, our message has not changed. The same gospel that saved me is the same gospel that's going to save anybody else. But what we've done is we've watered down our gospel so great 
that now people really can't tell the difference. Can can you tell the difference between the gospel of Jesus Christ and you know a in a in a um in a in a motivational speech? A lot of people can't because nowadays motivational speeches in our pulpits are much more popular and much more, and, 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 and wild the crowds a whole lot better than the actual gospel of Jesus Christ. Or at least that's how a lot of preachers and pastors feel. But a lot of them trying to, you know, say the next quippy thing that's going to get them likes and follows on TikTok get them likes and follows on their social media platforms and get them and get dollars generated. And as a result of that, a lot of people don't know Jesus, the pardoning of their sins and true repentance, true deliverance and true sanctification on the way to being glorified in the name of Jesus. A lot of people are missing the gospel of Jesus Christ because a lot of people aren't hearing it. Who's telling them what the gospel of Jesus Christ is? Who's sharing with them the truth about the gospel and the pardoning of sin and the remission of sin and the cleansing of sin of what Christ has accomplished on the cross? A lot of people are being told that what Christ accomplished on the cross has nothing to do with their souls and everything to do with their wallets. Nothing to do with their souls and everything to do with their relationships. Nothing to do with their souls and everything to do with their jobs. Nothing to do with their souls and everything to do with buying more, you know, houses, cars, and land. Getting into the right relationships. And all the while, we're forsaking the vertical relationship between God and man. Which compels us to denounce anything that's not of God and to have full allegiance and support to God himself. And a lot of people believe they're following Christ. But if they if Christ stared them blank in the face, they wouldn't even know who he is. They wouldn't be able to recognize him. Much like the boys on the road to Amanus didn't recognize who Jesus was until after he left. The, the, the scales had to be removed from their eyes. But the only way the scales can be removed from, the, from their eyes is if they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel does not change. But many of us that are in our preachings, that are in our pulpits, in our um, Bible studies, and those sort of things, our tendency, our tendency is to give people what we want them to what we want them to hear or what they want to hear rather than giving them the truth so I, I asked the question to us today I posed the question to us today what is it that's sustaining your faith are you being sustained by the gospel of Jesus Christ or have you graduated from the gospel and in graduating from the gospel have turned to some other truth? That sounds like Christianese, but it couldn't be it couldn't be further away. It couldn't be further away from the gospel of Jesus Christ.
So I challenge all of us here today. If you are a preacher or a teacher of the gospel, does your message line up with the scriptures, with the gospel? A lot of people think that they're preaching the gospel, but they're really just finding texts, verses that line up with what they feel. And not lining up with the truth. They're not lining up with the truth. For a lot of us, our tendency is to line up scripture with what we feel which begs the question do we even know what the gospel is do we know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is and are we preaching it or have we graduated from it are we preaching the gospel or have we graduated from it because for a lot of us the truth of the matter is if you asked us what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, we couldn't tell you. And that's because the people that were teaching us and preaching to us about what the gospel was, they did they couldn't they don't they didn't know it themselves. They knew what they knew, but it wasn't the gospel. A lot of what we hear now in in the days and day and age is this whole deconstruction, you know, movement. And deconstruction of faith is not a deconstru- it's not supposed to be a deconstruction from God, which is what a lot of ex-Christians and ex-evangelicals will tell you, is that I deconstructed my faith and now I no longer believe in God. That's not what deconstruction, that's not supposed to be what deconstruction's end is. Deconstruction is an uh, is us no longer living off of the, the 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 faith that our mom and dad gave us that grandma and granddaddy gave us and actually getting to know Jesus for ourselves from the foundation up going back to the principles going back to the basics kind of what we saw happening during the rep, during the reformation movement where all the tenets of catholicism were broken down and thrown away and said we got to get back to the basics what does it mean to be saved what does it mean to be um, sanctified what does it mean to be glorified? What is the gospel? And as a result, a lot of us in this in this in this um, uh, deconstruction movement, you know, we're we're de- being we're being deprogrammed from what we were taught in our churches and recognizing where the faults and flaws were. But we also have to be careful that we're not trying to plug in things that are not biblical. Plugging in things that are not scriptural, plugging in things that are not the truth. As for a lot of the deep people that are that are in the deconstruction movement, their tendency is to, you know, want to do something that's contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So they deconstruct their faith or in some type of way to be able to plug in something they want to do that's contrary to what God wants. 
Again, some of them, not everybody, but some of them. Some of them have had gone through church hurt, and the church hurt that they experienced was so much so that, that they deconstructed their faith and stopped being a believer at, at that point. Some people had a really hard situation happen in their lives, and the situation that happened in their lives was contrary to what they had been told was going to happen. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above and not beneath. You're going to be the, the um, lender, not the borrower. But life circumstances taught them otherwise, and so they got mad with God because they got lied to. But again, all that is showing us that we may have done a piss poor job of actually teaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, which is all about repentance and belief. Say being sanctified from one degree of glory to the next to become molded and shaped into the image of Christ. As we see in our scriptures in Matthew chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 4, the gospel doesn't change. John the Baptist comes on the scene and he's preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus picks up where John the Baptist left off. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The gospel does not change. Doesn't matter what situation we find ourselves in, what generation we find ourselves in, the gospel is timeless. And in its timelessness, we would do well to preach and teach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Not some feel-good sermon that's going to make us feel good on Sunday, but then come Monday, it ain't worth about a hill of beans. It's, it, again, we, we tend to put God in this, we tend to put the gospel in this box and say, well, we got to speak to the culture. So we're dealing with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, and, you know, and, and poverty. So we need to deal with those four things. And it's like, dude, that's not the gospel. The gospel says to lift, to turn your face away from those things and focus on me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will, will be added to you. All these things will take care of themselves. But again, our tendency is to teach and preach a gospel contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ and then wonder where did our power go? Our power left us because we're not preaching the gospel. Our power is stripped from us because we're not preaching the truth. We're preaching feel-good sermons that tickle people and give them goosebumps on Sunday mornings, but we're, but we're robbing them of the power that's meant to endure the trials and tribulations and the joys and the triumphs that come from living in this life. So for the vast majority of us who, you know, preach and teach the gospel, we're getting pushed to the fringes. And we're heaping up for ourselves people who will preach to our itching ears rather than preaching and teaching the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. But if our scripture shows us anything today, the gospel of Jesus Christ does not change. We are different people who preach the gospel differently, but the word, the substance should not change. We're still preaching and teaching the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ that says the kingdom is near. The kingdom is here. Repent. Turn from your wickedness. Turn from your evil. Turn from your sins. Turn from the things that have your affections, your attentions, that have your, um, that have your allegiances, and turn to Christ. Pledge allegiance to Jesus. 
Set your affections on him. Set your attention on him. Set your uh, your 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 allegiances to him. Denouncing and forsaking all other gods, all other desires, all other interests that run contrary to Jesus. Pushing all the chips in and saying, if I'm wrong about Jesus, and at the end of this journey, somebody else is standing at the gate, I'm finished. Because I push all my chips in. I'm not hedging my bets on, well, I'm going to believe a little bit of Jesus, believe a little bit of Buddha, believe a little bit of Confucius, believe a little bit of Allah, believe a little bit of, um, of, 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 um, of you know, Mary. I'm going to believe in a little bit of everything, so that way I hedge all my bets. No, mm -mm. I'm pushing all my chips in. If I'm wrong about Jesus, if I'm wrong about this man, and I get to this gate, and it's somebody other than Jesus meeting me on the other side, then I'm done. I'm finished. That is the type of allegiance that God is declaring that we have to be serious about in our faith walk. But how can they know? How can we know if people ain't telling us this? If our preachers and our pastors that are mainstream today, if they're not telling us that this is what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, how can they know? Now, mind you, our scripture tells us in the book of Matthew that, you know, people, the things about God and the things about Christ can clearly be seen in the things that are here. So we are without excuse. There are still a lot of people who go to church every Sunday and they have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Packing the pews, singing worship songs all day long, but they've never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which sometimes makes me wonder whether or not these preachers have ever heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because again, if y'all know, if y'all been on the show long enough, you've heard my testimony. I was preaching for 10 years, but did not hear the gospel until my 11th year preaching. I didn't know what the gospel was. No one had ever told me what the gospel was. I had to go find it for myself. And that was only by the grace of God, by buying a book out of books a million called the explicit gospel. I didn't know what the gospel was. And had it not been for that book, I probably still wouldn't know. No preacher told me what the gospel was. No pastor told me what the, what the gospel was. I had to learn it for myself. I had to learn it on my own. But I thank God that he opened my eyes to see this is the gospel that God has died for our sins and risen again so that you and I may have life everlasting. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get 40 acres and a mule. doesn't mean I'm going to get the nicest cars. doesn't mean I'm going to get a fat eight-figure job. It doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, get all these things. That's not the gospel. The gospel doesn't guarantee us riches in this life. All of our needs will be supplied according to God's riches in his mercy, but it doesn't mean that we're going to be sitting like fat kings. Because if you go through most all of your Bible, you see, if you go through the New Testament alone, most of those boys did not make it out of their um, faith walk alive. They died for their faith. Peter didn't sit in a in a in a in a in a king's chair lording over a church. He died for his faith. 
That's not to say that we, that, you know, I pray to heaven that I, I never have to face that kind of persecution. But again, it goes to show that the gospel of Jesus Christ ain't about riches. The gospel of Jesus Christ ain't about you getting a job. The gospel of Jesus Christ ain't about getting a house, about getting a spouse and kids and, and all those sort of things. It's about saving your soul from an eternal damnation. Now, as I always say, if anybody's going to bless us, surely it's going to be God. So God, hey, listen, I'm going to make my petitions known. I'm going to say what I want. You know, here's the things I want. But more than that, I want Jesus. So if God, you never blessed me with another thing, you gave me you. And that's more than enough for me. That should be our heart's posture, but it can only be our heart's posture if we're being preached and taught the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Ray Blair says, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, as in, that's the downtown gospel of Jesus Christ. If, I, if, if you don't hear another sum, summarized version of it, because it says, um, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand, about which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not, I'm going to get you, get you a car. I'm going to get you a house. I'm going to get you kids. I'm going to get, I'm going to bless you, you know, with so many different things. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is Christ died so that we can live. We are sinners bound for an eternal hell. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That whosoever believes in him won't perish, but have everlasting life. The gospel of Jesus Christ is about where our eternity, where we reside in eternity. Again, is God, you know, the, the owner of a cattle on a thousand hills and everything and everything that comes in this world? Absolutely. And if anybody's going to bless us, surely it's God. So make your petitions known. But let's be clear. A lot of people give up on God because God doesn't bless them the way they want to be blessed. God must not hear my prayers because I've been praying this prayer from, for years and he hadn't answered me yet. Maybe God has answered you, but you just ain't hearing him. Because you're fixated on the thing. Rather than focusing on God. God said, Seek first the kingdom. Yes, all these things shall be added to you, but he's not talking about, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of stuff. Because if you go back to Matthew chapter 6, it's saying, dude, stop worrying about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and what you're going to have. God knows what you stand in need of. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God's got that. Where you go, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you going, he got all that. It's not saying he's going to bless your mind. People take that out of context. God's going to bless you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask of or think. That's not what that's talking about. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared. That's not, it's not talking about blessings among our wildest dreams. 
That's not what the scripture is referring to. But how can you know if you're not being told the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ? So again, I'm saying all that to say, if you look at Matthew chapter 3 and see where um, John the Baptist, when John the Baptist was preaching and he said, verse number 1, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, when he says, From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The gospel didn't change. Jesus didn't come preaching a brand new sermon, a, a brand new, you know, sermon series talking about God's going to bless you abundantly and exceedingly. And he's going to tear down the walls of depression and tear down the walls of anxiety. And he's going to fix your, and he's going to make your, how you make your relationships better and how to deal with your haters. He didn't say none of that. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so it would behoove us as the believers in God, as the preachers and pastors of God, whatever your title is of God, to get your eyes off of the world. Get your eyes off of what's popular. Get your eyes off of what other preachers are preaching about. Get your eyes off of trying to be you know, um, on these platforms and amass all these different views and people and dollars and get back to the basics. Because look out at our world, y'all. We are dying spiritually. It is bad out here in these streets. It's awful right now. And I'm not even talking about the unbelievers. I, I get them. They're just being unbelievers. I'm talking about us, the believers in God. We are dying right now. Like, we are failing right now. Like, we, whew, we are weak. Because we've divorced ourselves from the power. We're divorcing ourselves from the thing that God has said is supposed to empower us. The gospel of Jesus Christ does that. It's from the gospel that we draw our strength. From the gospel we draw our, our, our power. The, the gospel we draw our might by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Our spirits are so weak to where we can't even hear the Holy Spirit because we're chasing after things that are not Christ. We're mistaking the mark that Paul speaks of when he says, I'm pressing toward the mark. We think the mark is a job. We think the mark is a car. We think the mark is a, a house. We think the mark is kids and a wife and a husband. We think the mark is vacations. We think the mark is wealth. We think the mark is fame. Paul said, I count all of that as loss. Matter of fact, you know what? Let me let Paul speak for himself. Paul said it himself. He said, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. This is Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 5. 
circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. We as the believers in God, I ain't, I'm not talking to the unbelievers, I'm talking to us as believers. We are so short-sighted because we feel as though the gospel is about us chasing after stuff. And God is trying to tell us, no, you're chasing me. I am the prize, Christ, I am the prize. Jesus is the thing that we desire. It's the thing that we seek after. It's the thing that our heart most longs for. You ever you ever been in one of those situations where you're sitting up at night and you got everything that you could possibly want? You, yeah, you're not wanting for nothing. Everything's going good. You're good. You're fine. Everything's good. And there's still like this longing inside of your chest. That's like, this ain't, this ain't it. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't it. Like I, I thought that I'd be happier with what I have. I thought I'd be happier with this job. I thought I'd be happier with this house. I thought I'd be happier with my position. I thought I'd be happier with the money in the bank. I thought I'd be happier going on vacation in a week. I thought I'd be happier with all these different things. There's still something missing. I'm talking to us believers in the house. I ain't I'm not talking to the unbelievers. I'm talking to the believers in the house. We have everything that we want. And yet there's still something missing on the inside of us. That is God's loving hand creating a void in our soul that only he can fill. And he's telling us, you can chase after the cars if you want to. You can chase after the honeys if you want to. You can chase after the land if you want to. You can chase after your dreams if you want to. But I promise you, even if you secure those things, just like, just like um, Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes says, you can chase all those things down if you want to. At the end of the day, you're going to lay up in your bed saying to yourself, meaningless, vanity. This is, this ain't, this ain't it. This ain't it. This ain't it. Because he tells us, Alicia Keys was so spot on when she sang this song. I tell you, there's always a parallel between, between music and in the, in the spirit room if you really listen to it. She said, some people want it all, but I don't want anything at all. I want nothing at all. If it ain't you, if I ain't got you, some people want diamond rings. Some just want everything. But everything means nothing if I don't have you. And a lot of us, 
We have everything that we could possibly want. And yet they're still a gnawing in the, in the pit of our souls. And we can't quite figure out what that thing is. I'm here today to tell you that is the, the spirit of the living God knocking on your heart and saying, you're missing me. You're missing me. Yeah, you can go get the car. Yeah, you can go get the house. Yeah, you can you can you can think God's got a blessing with your name on it. You can think to yourself that you know I I got you know this is what God's calling me to do. This is my purpose. This is my destiny. But at the end of the day, you what does it prove, Jesus? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? What does it profit a man to gain everything he could possibly want in this life and forfeit his soul? And what are we doing, believers, to ensure that that message, that message is being, is being, is being, um, is being preached? Because again, we talk a lot about depression and anxiety and beating those things. We talk a lot about relationships and making sure we're hooking up with the right people. We make sure that we're talking about, you know, getting the high paying job and then getting the high paying, you know, career. We talk about gaining and amassing wealth and pressing toward those things. But the gospel of Jesus Christ clearly tells us if we're going to chase after anything, we need to be chasing after Jesus. Pressing our way toward Jesus. Pressing our way toward the Savior. The one who lived the life that we couldn't live. Died the death that we deserved. Descended into hell and defeated hell. Rose again on the third day. With all power. And is now crediting to us his righteousness. So that upon repentance and belief, we can be called the children of the living God and walking out a path of sanctification as we await the glorious day when God makes this world brand new, purges this world of all sin, all death, all evil, and ushers us home in a place where there's no more heartache, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more, no more sacrificing, you know, no more sin, no more struggle. We get to live for Jesus, with Jesus for all eternity. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what we should be preaching regardless of where we find ourselves in scripture. And we see that John the Baptist and Jesus paved the way for us to know that the gospel hadn't changed. If their message stayed consistent, then so should ours. The same message that saved us is the same message that sustains us and it's the same message that we should preach. Because no other gospel will work. Even Paul himself said, the people out there preaching other gospels, not that there is one, but there are people out there preaching other gospels. 
And if they are, they should be accursed. If they're preaching a gospel contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, they should be accursed. Thank you guys so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, six, uh, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Um, today we're doing a special show because I got um, some business to take care of tomorrow. Um, so I wanted to come on to, um, today um, so that way we can um, have this conversation with you guys. Um, we're certainly grateful for the 26 likes that we've gotten so far. Thank you for every like, follow, comment, and share. Um, we thank you so, so much for that. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can go right now to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show podcast. Listen to every episode from inception to now. When we come back, we're going to talk about Cat Williams and the lovely interview that he gave with Shannon Sharp and what we can glean from that as the believers in God when it comes to sharing our truth um, and, um, and talking to one another as the people of God when it comes to trying to correct those who may have said or done things that hurt us. Uh, so we'll be right back in just a moment. Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Again, doing a special episode today on this Wednesday because uh, I got some stuff to take care of on tomorrow. Um, so I wanted to get, go ahead and get the second episode of this week out today. Um, but certainly grateful for you guys being on the live with me. And thank you for the comments. I do appreciate you guys dropping into the comment box today. Uh, certainly want to give a shout out to um, Beautiful Jesus, my helper. Uh, Jared A. Miller, I uh, want to thank, um, uh, I saw Apostle over here earlier today, Apostle Bradley, uh, thank you guys so much for talking, um, for talking to me today, um, 
and also Ray Blair. Want to appreciate you as well for spending some time with me and talking with me on today. Um, again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to drop down in that comment box below and ask me anything that may be on your mind. If we have some time at the end of the show, I'll go through the questions and answer any questions as fast as I can. Just um, We just ask that you keep it classy so that way we can stay on the live. Um, but again... Uh, feel free that that's your that's y'all's domain to drop down in there and say whatever you want to say. Um, you get no qualms or issues from me in that regard. Um, so I'm sure everybody at this point has seen, heard the Cat Williams interview on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp. Um, and it's so much. The man said so much. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to go back and remember a lot of what he said because the man was he was spitting so many bars. Um, as he was, you know, talking about, you know, um, the life of a comedian and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, I'm not here to try to talk about what's truth versus what's fiction. I leave that for the people that he was talking to to deter determine whether they even want to address it at this point. Because everybody done made their money. Everybody done got their careers. Everybody doing their thing. I, I at this point, anything Cat Williams said... You know, ain't really gonna hurt nobody in the in, in at all. So it does. It's not like it even matters at this grand at the grand in the grand scheme of things. Um, but in him in this interview that he had, um, you know, he addressed some. He addressed a couple of things that um that uh I wanted to bring up here on the show in particular. Um, and I wish that I, you know I was able to talk to my friend. I'm gonna talk to her tomorrow about all this stuff, um, and because I really wanted to get her, get her thoughts on it first before coming here, but here we are, so we just go do what we do, um, but there were two major things that I wanted to talk about for us as the believers in God to glean from the Cat Williams interview. First off, Cat Williams came on there and he said that he was frustrated with Shannon Sharp because Shannon Sharp didn't do his due diligence to figure out whether or not these people that he had interviewed, the other comedians he had interviewed prior to Cat Williams, were actually telling the truth or lying about the things that they had said on his show. Um, particularly, he was on Ricky Smiley and saying how Ricky Smiley um, was talking about how certain roles were written specifically for him. Um, I think it was the next Friday role that was written specifically for him. And Cat Williams corrected and said, no, that thing was written by me. So it couldn't have been a role written for you because I wrote my own role. Like, how can, get, how can you be given a role that was specifically mine? Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, and so he got on to, um, to, to, uh, to Shannon Sharp for saying you, didn't, you did, basically didn't vet your people um, or, or, or can contradict them when it came to the things that they were saying on his show when they came and was interviewed, you know, months prior um, on his show. Um, one of the things that I have learned, um, just, just today, just yesterday alone, as another example of this, um, there was this guy who, um, was outed, um, by his ex-girlfriend saying that he had, um, an STD, um, and was spreading it to other people all willy-nilly, and she, and, and, and had put this man on blast, and everybody was so, oh my god, I can't believe you did that, da, 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 da. and then, and then, you know, a day or so later, here it comes. All that was fake. He got receipts, and sure enough, that was, she had doctored the whole thing. And the people that put the story out first were they had to do a, ve a very 
much about face, Mia Copa, the whole thing. Like, we are so sorry. We didn't do our due diligence to make sure that the story was true. Da, 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 da. And to that end, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, whenever we do a show or whenever I do a story on, on my shows, I always try to make sure I got all my ducks in a row. Because I don't want to tell people something that's not true. I don't want to tell some somebody some, something that somebody that's just somebody's opinion. You know, I always want to make sure that this is a factual, true, true story. So I'm always making sure I go to the sources. You know, CNNs, the NPRs, the um, AP. You know, the, the 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 folk who actually do this thing for a living before I even present a story to y'all. Uh, because unless it comes straight from the horse's mouth. I ain't out here trying to perpetrate anything that ain't true that I got to go back and be like, well, you know, after I finally did some research and realized I was wrong and I apologize. I don't feel like doing all that. Ain't nobody got time for that. And so um, um, what, I, what I always tell people all the time is before you cast judgment one way or another, make sure you get your facts. We as a people, especially as believers, got a really bad bad habit of being gossips we love some rumors we love spreading some rumors we'll spread rumors so fast we, we worse than we worse than unbelievers <laughs> can call space spade we as believers are worse than unbelievers when it comes to the gossip train because we 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 forget that god had to save us from our sins and so is the second we smell a whiff of something that somebody might have done. Oh, I can't believe they did that. Can you believe they did that? They supposed to be saved. They supposed to be delivered. They supposed to be set free. But we be the first ones to get that rumor train going and then have the audacity to tag at the end of it. You know, uh, we just going to pray for him in the name of Jesus. How come you couldn't have done that in the beginning? You know, you had to go through the whole rumor train first and then let's pray. How about we pray first? But again, we 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 we'll, we'll we'll do that, but we'll do it off pieces of information, pieces. We don't have the whole truth. We don't know everything. We just know a piece. And as a result of that, we end up going off of that little piece of information, and we build whole narratives over the pieces, not doing our due diligence. To figure out what's actually going on. What's actually the truth. What actually is the facts. And so, again, Cat Williams comes on the show and says, you, you, Shannon, you got here. You let these people just talk all willy-nilly and everything and say what they want to say and how they want to say it. And you ain't getting none of the truth at all. Here's, the, here's my side, right? Which brings me to my second point. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 15 says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. 
Now, Cat Williams claims to be a believer. I'm not here to question his walk with God. If you say you're a believer, if you believe in God, if you believe in Christ, you confess, you know, with your mouth that Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. I ain't got a heaven or a hell to put nobody in, right? And so, if indeed Cat Williams had these problems with these people, and it sounds like he went about it and tried to talk to him and whatnot. I don't know. But that would have been the better thing to do. When you see these things, you see these people coming on these platforms and they're spewing these lies. The first, the first thing that, got, that the Bible tells us to do is to get on the phone, shoot a text, knock on a door, and talk to that person individually and say to them hey you heard the things that you said on the show you know that ain't right right and i'm offended that you said those things knowing that that ain't how it went down that would have been the better thing to do again i'm not here to judge his walk with god it is what it is trees are known by the fruit that they bear and even, and even I struggle with going to my persons alone and dealing with my stuff. So, I, again, I ain't got a heaven or hell to put nobody in. We're all works in progress. But Scripture tells us, if you haven't ought against your brother, if your brother has offended you in any kind of way, you are to go to that brother and him alone. Not go on a platform with now, what, 50 million people haven't watched which is more like, you know, you break down by a third because you know how we like to watch things multiple times. But you, so you got your 50 million views and everybody talking about you now on Twitter, X, TikTok, here too, you know. Not to do this, but to go to those people and handle your business with them. Not jump on a platform. The problem with us as believers today, one of the biggest issues that's always been in the church, but it's prevalent now more so than in any generation, is that we have forgotten how to handle conflict. We are so quick to record ourselves and air out laundry list of issues that we have with people long before we'll get on the phone and call them and talk to them. And tell them what our issues are with them. Furthermore, we tend to have issues with people we don't even have a relationship with. And we'll jump on platforms. And spew all sorts of type of stuff about them. Having no relational equity with them. Which is so coined by um, Tim Ross. Who I don't know who he got it from. But that's you know the, the, the thing about it. No relational equity with them whatsoever. And we'll say the things that we want to say and feel how we want to feel and we stand on it. And then when the person who's who we're talking about says, hey, you can actually come talk to me about it. Dead silence. Won't pick up a phone, won't send a text, won't do none of those things, but we but we stand. Ten toes down on business on the things that we said. I remember watching 
Um, I can't remember what his name is right now. Not if I try to find it, then I'm end up losing y'all. Um, um, I think it's, I think he 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 runs this page called Spiritual. Um, no, I ain't even go. I ain't, I don't even know. But him and this woman, who um, you know, has her own page of you know, and she's not a Christian no more. She's into spirituality and all that type of stuff. They were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he said to her, you can message me if you want to. I'm right here. I've sent messages to you and you won't respond to them. You want to talk to me about the Lord and talk to me about the things that you're, I'm right here. Come holler at your boy. But you're using me and the things that I'm saying to prop up your platform and to rile up your followers and to rile up your believers instead of coming and talking to me and letting us reason one to one one with another so for us as the believers in God we look at the Cat Williams interview and again he said a lot about himself, about the history, about his history, his life, his, you know, all the stuff, the controversies and all that sort of thing. But the main takeaway that I took from it was, if you have all these grievances with these people, all these people done bothered you, all these people done made you mad, all these people done upset you, did you call any of them? Did you text any of them? Did you sit down with any of them? And say, hey, man, what gives? You up here lying. For what? Like, why are you doing all that? Kane? if you stay to the end of the show, I'll answer that question. But you got to stay to the end. Because I got to finish this first. But stay to the end. I'm going to answer your question. Um, But, hey, like, what you doing? Like, what you saying all this stuff? Why? Why are you lying? If indeed they're lying, right? But instead, like I said, I'm going and I, I'm going to say all this stuff and this wasn't true, that wasn't true, this ain't true, that ain't true. And furthermore, and again, I ain't, I don't know nothing about Hollywood. I don't know nothing about any of this stuff. So I don't know nothing about no cabals and all that kind of stuff. But he's like, you know, I got dirt on everybody. Say, what's the night? You threatening people now? Like, what are you doing? Like, you threatening people now? Like, okay, you got you. So you Fort Knox, you got the secrets. The people done told you about what's going on with these people. So, so, so what? You got a threat now? Like, like again, if you have an alt against your brother, go to him and him alone. You don't have to go to the links of I'm gonna get on this show. And I'm going to start off and we shots fired. How dare you get this person on the show and let him lie. Let this person get on the show and he lied. Everybody lied. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not drunk. I'm going to tell you the truth. What we as the people of God have to remember. If we say we're saved. If we say we're believers, 
If we say we're ten toes down, standing on business for Jesus Christ, then if someone has offended us, don't get on our platforms and spew. Go talk to them. Go talk to them. Find the, the spirit-filled courage to get on the phone, shoot a text, an email, something. Knock on a door, go hang out at a restaurant, something, and air out those issues. When I was pastoring a church here in town, one of the biggest issues I had with my deacon board was that they would never talk to me about the issues. They would rather gather all their issues, all their grievances, and throw them all at me at once. 10, 11 issues, 12, 13 issues. Rather than, hey, can we go to uh, Golden Corral or something and let's eat and talk? Or, hey, you know, I'm going to call you later on while the game's on so we can talk. Or, hey, a few minutes after church, can we go and talk? No, instead, we're going to hide behind closed doors, gather our grievances together, and then we're going to ambush them one day during a meeting. If you have an alt against your brother, don't care if he's a pastor, don't care if he's a deacon, don't care if he's a bishop, don't care if he's an apostle, don't care if he's a cardinal, don't care if he's a pope. If you have an alt against your brother, your brother in Christ, go to him. Him alone and talk that stuff out. Then, if he ain't trying to hear you, you then bring you one or two. Not 50 million, but one or two. Then, still ain't acting right. Bring him before the church. Then, if he's still acting up, she's still acting up. You treat him like they're not a believer because he can't be a believer and you're still walking in unrepentant sin. So you treat him like an unbeliever. And what do we do with unbelievers? God loves you and wants a relationship with you. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. That's what we say to every other unbeliever. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. So what would make somebody who's living in unrepentant sin any different? Claiming to be a believer. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. I'm not going to treat you any other kind of way. I'm going to treat you just like I would an unbeliever. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. But I'm not going to get on a platform and air out my grievances. Again, talking to believers. I'm talking to believers. Far too often, as the believers in God, we see standing in front of a camera and talking about the issues as being transparent and vulnerable. Can I call a spade a spade? This is not vulnerability. This is not transparency. Compared to 
the transparency and vulnerability we should have with our brothers and sisters in Christ and with the people that we are walking alongside of. There is vulnerability and transparency to be had here, but it, it, can, only, it can only go so far in as much as we are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. The vulnerability and the transparency that we have on these platforms and speaking our truth and all those sort of things, we should be able to have that same type of vulnerability and honesty and openness with the people we walk alongside. Y'all shouldn't know more about me than my wife does. Y'all shouldn't know more about me than my best friend does. Y'all shouldn't know more about me than my kids. Y'all shouldn't know more about me than my, than my parents. Y'all shouldn't know more about me than my church. If there's something that I'm sharing with y'all, they should all be, they should be the first ones to know. Period, point blank. If I have a problem with my wife, my wife should know what the problem is, not y'all. See, I'm going with this. If the church, if I got a problem with somebody in the church, that person should know long before y'all do. If I got a problem with my pastor, I should talk to my pastor long before I have a pro have a conversation with y'all about that. If I say I'm a believer, if you ain't a believer, you do what you do. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. But if you say you saved, the lesson that we learned from the Cat Williams interview, one of them anyway, is that the level of transparency and vulnerability he appeared to share on that show is the same type of transparency and vulnerability that we should share with our people. Not 50 million people on TikTok. But again, what do I know? I'm just a Christian. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Had a question in the chat. I'm going to jump right into it. He says, or... Um, well, Cain says, hello, what convinces you that a God deity exists? Honest question from a former believer. What convinces me? Well, um, you know, when I look over my life and the things that I've been through, things that I've gone through, um, my life is a testament to the supremacy of God, man. Like, People often ask, what is the proof of God's existence? Man, I am. Because <laughs> my life would be so far off if not for the Lord in my life. Um, you know, when it comes to proving God's existence, that's not my job. As a matter of fact, it's no Christian's job to prove God's existence. It's one of the whole reasons for faith. We walk by it and not by sight. The things that God has created in this world, Romans chapter 1, are the proof of God's existence. For God's invisible attributes and his divine nature can clearly be perceived in the things that he made. It's Romans chapter 1. And so, it's not my job or any Christian's job to prove the existence of God. 
our job is to preach the gospel. And it's God's job to prove to you and to prove to me that he exists. And that's what he did for me. You know, he proved it, you know, when in 2014, my wife and I's marriage was on the verge of some, some really heinous stuff. And God showed me a book, showed me and my wife a book called The Explicit Gospel. That book changed my life. So for the first time, I saw Jesus. And in seeing Jesus, he showed and revealed to me, dude, you keep putting people on pedestals. You got to put me on the pedestal. God, your, your, your people can't save you. Your wife can't save you. Your kids can't save you. Your family members can't save I save. I redeem. Follow me. You know, when I look back over the things that have happened in my life, there are situations, circumstances that nothing but the hand of God. Nothing but the hand of God could have orchestrated a bit multitude of things that happened for me in my life. Open doors that should have stayed shut. Shut doors that I was trying to pry open. Allow things to happen like they were like it was a movie. The things that have happened in my life that have that God has used to prove his existence to me. I again our job as Christians is not to prove God's existence. That's not our job. That's not our lane. That's not our role. God didn't assign us the responsibility of proving himself to anyone. That's God's job. He charged us to preach. To preach and teach. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what he charged us to do. And so... When you ask what how, how you know what is my proof that God exists, man, I I'm it. I am it. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I probably would not be here. I would not be in the position of life that I'm in. I would not be celebrating God as hype as I do. God did that, not me. God made a way, not me. When I surrendered my life to Christ, I died. I am buried in 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 um in crucifixion with him. I am a new person, a new creature, resur in living in his resurrection. So again, you ask, how do what what's the proof? You know, how do I know? I'm it. I'm it. And so again, as believers in God, I say to, I say this once, I'll say it again. Don't get in a spat with people about proving God's existence. That's not your job. Our job as believers is not to prove God's existence. That's God's work. Get out of his way. He's charged us to preach, teach, and live the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't get in debates with unbelievers about the existence of God. That's not our job. Our job is to shine as bright as the sun because of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And as bright as we shine, it allows people to see Jesus in us. They may not believe in him, 
but they gonna see him. And if they can see him, then at the very least they can make a decision as to whether or not they want to follow him or not. For those who struggle in believing in God, maybe you're going through a deconstruction movement of your own to figure to deconstruct your faith and figure out who who the real Jesus is. Do the work. Do the work. I got deprogrammed myself. Do the work. At the end of the day, I promise you, God is still real. He still reigns on the throne. Jesus is still real, still reigns on the throne. The Holy Spirit is still real, living inside of us. So do that work. Deconstruct your faith. But in the deconstruction, make sure that you rebuild. Rebuild your faith. Or rather, I'll say it like this. Let God rebuild your faith. Don't give up on God because of a church that did you dirty. Don't give up on God because of faulty doctrine that was preached to you. Don't give up on God because of what you hear other people preach about. You know, well, it's a white man's religion. And all. Don't, don't give up on God because of that. I tell y'all all the time. God didn't condone slavery. He didn't condone none of that crap. All that stuff was foul. But if God were to get rid of all the evil in this world, he would have to get rid of you and me. And God desires that all of us come to repentance. So he's not going to get rid of us. But to get rid of us is to not give us a chance. So slavery happened. World War II happened. The Holocaust happened. You know, genocides happen present day. Sex trafficking happens. Those things happen. Yes. They don't make it right. But God is working through the mess, as he's always done since Genesis, to show us that despite all the stuff going on in this world, he still reigns. So if nothing else, let my life be the proof of God's love. The things that I do, the things that I say, may they be the proof of God's love. Listen, I want to thank y'all so much for taking the time to be with me on today. Thank you for every question, every comment, every concern. Thank you for the 380 likes that we got today. Certainly grateful for every person who came on live. Thank y'all for dealing with the technical difficulties that we had because them jokers were popping off, but eventually it stabilized, so I'm glad we were able to talk with y'all today. Thank you so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show. Listen to all our episodes from inception to now. Thank you guys so, so much. And as always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.